Now, as we start a new talk series on generosity, I thought we'd start with a joke. Uh, I hope it goes down better here than it did in Blurno. So here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for you guys, okay? So why are fishmongers never generous? Because their business makes them selfish. Well, I've got a few laughs, a few laughs, there you go. So we're starting a new series on generosity this morning. And that, we're going to be uh, talking about generosity for the next six weeks. And I think we all love it, don't we? When someone is generous with their time, their talents, or even with their money, when they, they buy us a gift or they take us out for lunch. We really appreciate that. Yet sadly, as we, we look around the world, we see the effects of humanity's selfishness and greed, don't we? If we just think about the great wealth and the technology that is around in our world, it's astonishing to think that not everyone in this world has access to either safe water or a toilet. So the estimated population of the world is approximately 8 billion people. And according to the figures produced by water.org that are on the screen, 771 million people, that's 1 in 10, lack access to safe water. That's quite a thought, isn't it, in our modern day and age. And then 1.7 billion people, that's 1 in 7, lack access to a toilet. So often humanity is not open-handed in the way that they live with their resources. Instead, they're selfish and they're greedy. But as Christians, we have an amazing opportunity to be generous with what God has given us and to live a different way. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at this whole topic of generosity. Because God's people, because we're God's people, it's important for us not just to know what God says about generosity, but also to live that out. The Word of God says, don't just be me, me hearers of the Word of God, but live that out. And I'm hoping that as an already generous church, because you are a generous church, we'll become even more generous with what God has given us with our time, our talents, and our finances. Uh, I love to see that the, I think the, the Christmas gift collection is up at 16,000 pounds. That's amazing, St. Mungo's. And if you haven't given, just think about doing that. We're giving to a church in uh, Beirut, which is reaching out, which is sharing the good news of the gospel in spiritual and practical ways to all the refugees. I think there's one million refugees in Lebanon at the moment. There's only six million people in that country. You can see that's a huge uh, weight on an already struggling government. I love what David says in 1 Chronicles 29 at the end of his prayer. He says this, everything comes from you, that's God, and we have given you only what comes from your hands. So as we look at the topic of generosity, we may, we may feel a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the, the Holy Spirit never condemns us. He convicts us so that we can live a life of blessing. Remember, um, what Jesus said, you, you are going to be blessed if you give, if you serve. And that's as we learn about what God says in His Word about generosity. We're going to be blessed. So this morning, I want to start our generosity series by giving you a foundation to why we should be generous, by looking at how God is generous to us. And I want to look at three questions here. How has God been generous to us? Why is God so generous to us? 
And how do we respond to that generosity in our day-to-day lives? So those are, the, those are the three questions that we're going to be looking at. So let's look at that first one. How has God been generous to us? Well, the best place to start is at the beginning, the very beginning. And uh, I don't know about you, but I started a new Bible uh, reading plan uh, at the beginning of the year. And I always love it because you start in Genesis. Well, it's always so good to be reminded of God's goodness to us in Genesis. And the first thing that we really see about God is that God is an amazingly generous creator. God is an amazing, generous creator. It starts with him. God is an amazingly generous creator. I mean, just look at Scotland, for example. I find God's creation in Scotland takes my breath away sometimes. You know, let's just look at the hills or the valleys or the rivers. I mean, wow. I mean, just go through Glencoe or uh, even go up onto the Pentlands and it's just, wow. Or why not look at the coastlines or the cities at our next slide? I mean, look at Edinburgh, for example. Isn't it just beautiful in its architecture? But look at the architecture of the coastline. I mean, that is incredible. Or how about the wildlife in our next slide? I mean, I love seeing red squirrels. I saw one the other day, and it was just like, it was actually telling me off for being in its territory. But isn't, our wildlife is incredible. Or our beaches. I mean, as long as the, the Scottish weather's kind, which sometimes it's not, we have some of the most stunning beaches in the world. God has been incredibly generous to us by creating a country, a world in which we can live. He's been incredibly good. God is an incredibly generous creator. But let's not there. I mean, look at you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, just look at your eye. I know you can't look at your eye, but just think about your eye for a minute. I mean, God designed the eye so that we could see in glorious technicolor his wonderful creation. He could see, we could see each other. I mean, I love it when I hear testimonies of people who've been blind since they were born, and then whether through a medical healing or a, um, a divine healing, they see for the first time. They're like, oh, wow. Well, think about how amazing our taste buds are in our tongues, okay? I mean, God just didn't give us tongues, but he gave, gave us taste buds so that we could taste our favorite foods. Whether that's, I mean, I don't know, what's your favorite ice cream? Very good. Anyone else? Vanilla? Chocolate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm very blessed in my household because I discovered that no one likes my favorite ice cream. It's wonderful. Mint chocolate chip? Oh, my. Or how about a good coffee? Anyone ever love a good coffee? Yeah, Steve, straight hands up. And let's not forget steak. Oh, <laughs> my taste buds are starting to... But you might have a favorite meal. What would, what would the world be like without taste buds? Or how amazing is your brain? The command center for your body. God created us out of nothing. And he created these amazing things to be a blessing to each one of us so that we can see, so that we can think, so we can taste, so that we can love. 
But he's not just a generous creator. He's also a generous sustainer and provider of everything that we need. Not everything that we want, but everything that we need. God gives us the air that we need for our lungs to breathe and the life, the oxygen that our, our bodies need. He gives us light so that we can see, work, and play, and have fun. And the darkness so that we can sleep and rest. He gave us the sun for heat and water so that things can grow and that we can have food. And He gives us different skills and abilities so that we can find purpose in the way we live our lives. God made materials so we could use our skills that He'd given us to build houses and cars and develop new technologies, paint amazing pictures, write amazing stories, make Lego, and even greater, taste coffee in the morning. But He goes much further because He also gives of Himself, doesn't He? He gives of the Holy Spirit to sustain us. The Holy Spirit is the conduit to which we experience His love and His joy and His peace. He's given us so much. He's an incredibly generous creator, sustainer and provider. Generosity starts with God. But it leads me to ask a deeper question. Why is God so generous to us? The second question that I want to ask, why is God so generous to us? God does all this not because He needs to or because we deserve it, but because of who He is and His love for us. Just think about God for a minute. Who He is. He's incredibly generous. Just think about all the things, and there are so many more things that I could have talked about to, to share about His generosity. He's good. And out of this goodness, He shares with us unimaginable blessings. He gives abundantly beyond our expectation or an obligation. Everything that we have actually comes from God. He created us and gave us breath, and He sustains us by His Spirit. But He also does it because He loves us. Just think about for a minute, right at the beginning with Adam and Eve, and how He created humanity for an intimate relationship with Him. And we were His crowning creation. In Genesis, right at the end of the creation story, when He said, it's good, after we have been created, He says, it's very good. And then we see that intimate relationship as God walks with them in the garden and talks with them. God created humanity to be in relationship with Him, to be in partnership with Him. Or covenant is another way of saying it. Not just as a project, but out of love. And even when we turned our backs on God, He sent Jesus to redeem us, didn't He? Paul puts it so well in Romans 5, 8 when he says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I remember being in the Ukraine on mission, and it was, Ukraine's a pretty tough place. The people are very generous, but a lot of them um, had never heard the gospel because of communism. And I remember we, had, we were finding it really difficult in this camp to break through. And then one of uh, our leaders, an amazing guy, he explained the gospel in this, and he said, right, I want you all to stand up. So they all stood up, and we're all in this big kind of circle. And he said, I want you to turn your backs to me right now. So they all turned their backs. And he said, that's what we did to God. We turned our backs on God. 
He loves us, but we turned. And so, what did he do to win us back? He sent his son, Jesus. And he comes to each one of us and he says, will you turn back to me? That's what repentance means. Will you turn back to me? And he gives us that choice. And there were tears where we saw these guys who were pretty hardened by life, experienced the love of God and the truth of God for them for the first time. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's generosity is immense. And it defines what generosity is. And because of this, we now have a choice in how we live our lives. You know, when God created the world and us, He provided everything that we needed. He shared His goodness with us and asked us to partner with Him to bring more and more of that goodness here on this earth. What does that goodness look like? Well, it's love, it's hope, it's peace, it's justice. He gave humanity a choice. This was a choice that we see in what he says to Adam and Eve, doesn't it? You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Humanity had a choice in that moment whether they were going to trust God to define what he said was good and evil and live by that or turn their backs and define for themselves what's good and evil. And we know that never goes well. We know the choice Adam and Eve made, and humanity, humanity continues to make. And the result of this choice is a broken world, where instead of justice, people seek injustice. Instead of truth, governments and nations seek war and corruption. Instead of life, there's death. But through the new covenant, God gives everyone a fresh choice out of His great love. One of the most um, well-known verses in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world but to save the world through him I mean if that is not a description of God's goodness and generosity to us well I don't know what it is and through placing our faith in Jesus we get to partner with God in his power by his spirit to bring his goodness in this world so that we can be good news to people by sharing the good news, by being kind, by seeking justice, by not forgetting the poor, by being merciful. King David wrote an incredible prayer that reminds us of the truth we often forget. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I um, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. I wonder if you find what David declares there at the end of this prayer, something you've ever thought for before. Everything comes from God, and we've given God only what comes from his hand. That's with our time, with our talents, and our finances. You know, one of the biggest lies is to believe that what we have has come out of our own hands. And over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at how we can live generous lives. And I believe that's the life that Jesus calls us to live, a radically generous life where we don't hold on to what God's given us, but we give it away. 
So let's then look at the third question. How do we respond to God's generosity? And I want to start by looking at Psalm 95 here. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Here in the psalm, there is celebration and thanksgiving of who God is as our Maker, our Creator, and our Sustainer, but also the recognition of who He is. That he is almighty God, the one who speaks and life comes into being, but also the one who cares deeply for us, his people. I want to suggest a biblical attitude, um, a biblical way of prayer, even a biblical way of, of living, just finally that will help us to start saying, yeah, I want to live a generous life. And it's based on three words, and they're based from Psalm 95. The first one is thanksgiving. To thank God for what He has done in our lives and continues to do. So thanksgiving is the first thing. And as we thank God, it leads us to praise Him for who He is. Praise raises our faith levels in God, which leads us finally to trust. Trust in God, which leads us to live a life of generosity, to others, because we're no longer fearing about whether we have enough and living like this, but instead trusting in God who provides for us as we seek Him and His kingdom. So here's this little, it's like a circle that allows you to be generous and continue. And that actually allows you for God's generosity to fill your life too. So thanksgiving, praise, trust leads to generous. So let's have a look at each one of these. Firstly, thanksgiving. God has given out of who He is, an amazing creator, sustainer, and provider. He's incredibly powerful, yet incredibly generous. And there, I don't know about you, but there are often moments in my day where I completely forget about God. But it's when someone's kind to me, or our answer to prayer, or as I sit down with my family and we give thanks to God, I remember how, God, how good God is to me. It's good to take time in our day to say thank you to our amazingly generous God. And we're actually just fooling ourselves if we believe the lie that we have done this all by ourselves. I am who I am because of all I've done. That's the world's way. And that kind of thinking is like a toddler who thinks they can do it all by themselves. And they don't need their parents' help. I'm sure you've, heard, you've seen that. You might have had a child who goes, I don't need you. I'm the boss. All right, then. We'll see how long that lasts. I'm hungry. God has created and given us everything, and He loves it when we say thank you to Him because it acknowledges Him as our creator, provider, and our sustainer. Laura and I, last year, were invited to this amazing wedding. It was just incredible. For five days, they paid for everything. It was in Switzerland. This was the view from our balcony. And, it, I mean, the, the family were incredibly generous. I've never been to a wedding like it. And for five days, there were events. We could go to the spa as often as we wanted. We could have as many treatments. As, I mean, it was just like 
mind-blowing generosity. And it would have been really wrong at the end of those five days not to go up to the mum and dad and say, thank you so much for your generosity. You, I have never encountered a, uh, a, a generosity like this on earth. It's just incredible. But that's often how we live our lives, isn't it? God's given us so much, and yet we... It's all me, really, isn't it? But it's not. And then, then there are moments when we realize, actually, it's not us. It's all God. And we're brought to our knees again. I mean, just think for this. God did not have to create you, but he generously chose to do so. God didn't have to sustain you, but he provides for you. And he chooses to do so generously. So as we start thanking God for for what he's done, that leads us to praising God. This isn't new. This is out, right out from the Psalms. As we thank him for what he's done, it reminds us and leads us to praise him for who he is, that he is the Lord who provides, who heals, who sees, who hears, who guides. His name and his actions cannot be separated because that is who he is. I always remember um, I, uh, one of my spiritual mentors it was an incredible, he's still an incredible man. He's the leading expert on Thomas Cramer. Thomas Cramer is this guy at the heart of the English Reformation. And so he's quite a key character. Anyway, his dad was coming to town. He came from Kansas. And Ashley, who's my spiritual man, said, would you like my dad to pray for you? He's quite prophetic, he said. This guy is prophetic on a whole new level. Some of you might know that Kansas is where the Kansas prophets came from. Well, this guy was like, like, anyway. So I said yes. Me and my friend said yes. And he said, well, what we'll do is have lunch, and then we'll go back to his hotel room, and he'll pray for you. So I'm like, this is great. So um, the first thing he said to me put the fear of God into me. So he said, the guy said to me, before you come into the room to be prayed for, I want you to confess all your sins. And I'm like, oh. So me and my friend were like, oh, you know, I said something really bad to you the other day. I'm really sorry. And I just went through everything that I could. And then I walked into his room with a bit of fear and trepidation. And uh, he was praying away. He prayed a lot in tongues. And uh, he kind of looked at me. I was going, oh, here we go. Oh, oh, God, just be gracious to me. Please don't, you know. Uh, and he said, do you know what your problem, son, is? And I was like, no. He said, you don't praise Jesus enough. I was like, Okay. He said, praise Jesus. And I was like, what now? Yeah, praise Jesus. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. <laughs> Very British. He said, oh, praise Jesus. He said, louder. I was like, oh, praise Jesus. He said, you can do better than that, son. I've heard you shout at a rugby game. I was like, so the two of us were like, praising Jesus like this. Like, and I started to think any minute now we're going to get a knock on the door from the manager. Do you know what? But boy, what does praise do? Praise focuses you on who God is. And it reminds you of who God is. And what does that release? Faith in God. Because his name and his actions cannot be separated. And boy, does it raise faith. I mean, I came out of that room going, woohoo! It's like this. And my friend that's still waiting was like, what happened in there? I said, oh, you're going to be blessed. But you see, faith arises. And what does that allow us to do? To trust. To put our trust in God. I've seen in my own life, especially in the last couple of weeks, 
as I've grieved my dad, how good God has been to me. I remember the, the morning after where the adrenaline kind of falls. And I was just, I woke up. And it kind of, how's this day going to be? And I put my hands out and I sensed his presence with me. I didn't even have to ask. As we trust, he provides. I remember once uh, uh, I was going to see a friend uh, down south, and it was going to be quite a difficult visit. And um, I felt that I had a word for, for God for him, and um, I was praying that it would land well. And um, I was driven to the airport by this taxi driver, and uh, we were just chatting away, talking. And just right at the end, just as I was going out, he had picked up kind of a bit of intrepidation. And he turned to me and he said, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. I was a bit like, that's what I needed to hear in that moment, to trust and obey. See, when we trust, we release God's goodness. We live open-handed, open-hearted. And we're able to bless those around us who don't yet know God, but to bless our brothers and sisters. I, I mean, you just cannot out-give God in His generosity. Uh, part of, of, of this series, we are going to be talking about money. And I want to just finish with a testimony about God's goodness relates to this. Um, I used to be a worship leader in Holy Trinity, where I was before. And uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd only started leading worship because there was no one else for the youth. So, and it was pretty terrible. I remember the first time we didn't even get through the second song. I just I had to stop me. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Let's just sing it unaccompanied. It's so bad. But anyway, but I, I kept them going, kept them practicing. And so after a year and a half, uh, I, I felt this other guitar, I couldn't plug it in. It was, so I thought, well, I'm going to buy a new guitar. I felt it was okay of the Lord. Um, anyway, I'd just come back from clan. And for the first time ever, I'd heard someone teach about tithing. Jack Deere, an amazing teach, teaching on tithing, just about you can never outgive God. And so here was I, and I calculated in my research, I wanted to buy this Taylor guitar, and I'd calculated that if I tithed, I'd have to wait another five months before I bought this guitar. But I was so convicted for the Holy Spirit that I'd never tithed before, that I thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe. So I set up the standing order. So I'm not going to get my guitar for five months, but you know that, Lord, so I'm leaving that with you. And I'm just going to tithe. I kid you not, the next day, through the door came an envelope. And in that envelope was a check. Remember one of those? Guess how much the check was for? The exact amount of money. So it was a penny more for the guitar. That was a friend who said, I felt God say to me, I needed to send you this money. So you can never outgive God in his generosity, whether that's with your time, your talents, or your finances. Why? Because he is incredibly good. And as we come to him and just say, I need you, God, he comes. As we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, the promise there is that he'll provide everything that we need. Not what we want, but what we need. Because he doesn't often give us what we want because it's dangerous. And it leads us actually to worship other things. But he gives us what he, we need so that we can stay dependent. But he's not stingy. 
He's always incredibly good. So I just want to, if the band could come back up. This morning we've looked at three things. We've looked at how has God been generous to us. And I want you just to think, as you look at creation, as you, maybe there's a sunset tonight or a sunrise tomorrow morning, just remember how good, good, God, good God is to you. As you look in the mirror, just go, wow. Because that's what God does. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God looks at you, he says, wow. You are unique. There's no one else like you. Your fingerprint tells you that. That's how God sees you. And that's who he is. He's incredibly good and he loves you. And how do we respond? Well, we live thanking him, praising him, and trusting him. And as we trust him and release what he's given, then he continues to supply our needs. Isn't that what Paul said? He declares, the Lord who supplies all your needs. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a generous creator, provider, and sustainer. That you have given us everything we need to get through life. And Lord, you know some of us are struggling here this morning. Whether that's with our thoughts, or with our actions, or with our health, or because of family situations, Lord. And as we come to you, and just are real with you. Lord, you presence yourself with us. And you lead us on as we look to you. And Lord, I just want to pray for anyone this morning who is struggling. Just come and meet them where they are, Holy Spirit. They're in this place where we're to gather together as a church family. That they would know of your love for them. Your goodness to them. And that with you that they can continue on in the journey, the race that you have marked out for them. For there's no shocks for you. You know what we need, and you generously provide. And Lord, if we've been living with tight fists, tight hands, tight hearts, tight, Lord, would you help us as we thank you and praise you and trust in you to release what you want us to give, Lord, and give us wisdom in this, Lord. So we give you thanks and praise. And Lord, teach us what it means to be a more generous church. And Lord, I just want to thank you for the church in Beirut, uh, the Life Center, who just give sacrificially every day. And I pray your blessing upon them. And thank you for the examples that we see throughout this world of people who just give because of what you've given them. And help us to be people who are generous. And we ask this in Jesus' name.